Hello from Searcy, Arkansas again, and welcome to episode number four of AV's Ripping Wax Packs. I'm your host, Aaron Vaughn, and each week I will pull a random baseball wax pack from my random pack box. Uh, I will then explain the history of that year and brand of card that I pulled, and then bust the pack. And sprinkled throughout the podcast will be stories from the past and present days about cards, sports, family, friends, all different things that have to do with those um, fond memories we have of sports cards with families and friends and different things of that nature. As I've said in past episodes, a weekly drawing um, will be held for one random um, selected person to receive a an unopened wax pack and the best cards from the pack that I bust uh, on the air. You know, you'll get those once I um, check comments on YouTube, on Twitter, um, or even an email. You can leave your comments at the Twitter account, which is at Ripping Wax Packs. You can leave an email at rippingwaxpacks at gmail.com. Or you can even comment on the YouTube site there um, where you see the pack being busted each episode. When you comment, your name is automatically put in the drawing to get the best cards from the pack that I bust and also a random unopened sealed wax pack. I know that we're just starting, so we don't get a lot of comments. Um, I will be uh, checking for comments each week. Um, I'm just taking one of the ones from last week, um, and that would be Eric Myers and his son, Max Myers. Um, he will be getting a uh, random wax pack sent to him, and I'll put it in care of Max because I love when the kids get to open the packs. I know that Eric won't mind that, and he'll also get the um, good cards from the pack that I bust today. And as we get more podcasts out there each week... Um, for this podcast, we want to have some advertisements throughout. Um, so if there's any chance that someone would want to advertise throughout the podcast, I would encourage them to email me at rippingwaxpacks at gmail.com. And um, proceeds from the show, a portion of those will go to um, veterans charities. Um, like I told you last episode, that's the near and dear to my heart charity. Um, my dad being a Vietnam veteran. So if we could get some advertisements or sponsors, um, yeah, like I said, it costs um, a little bit to run this, but not much. But um, a lot of the proceeds will be going to veterans charities. This week, we'll be, we will be discussing 1988 Tops. That's the pack that I pulled uh, that you can see a few days early uh, before the uh, podcast drops. Um, on Twitter so you can see what we'll be talking about um, and then always on Thursdays unless some unforeseen circumstance happens um, the episode will happen so on Thursdays new episodes will drop and uh, this week we'll be talking about 1988 tops and before we get in to the 1988 tops history and what the cards look like and all that good jazz I just wanted to tell a personal story that uh, my brother Curtis, who will be on this podcast from time to time um, as work allows him to, um, he was telling me a, a story after he listened to the podcast that um, we had on the other day. Um, whenever I tried the bubble gum, 
he said one time his son, Zach, when he was little, um, found some packs that Curtis had had and they were, you know, from the eighties. And he said, go ahead and, um, open those up. Let's open the packs and, um, and see what we get, you know, and they're looking for certain players. And, uh, and so before Kurt knew it, they had him open and Zach had taken all the bubble gum and put it in his mouth and it was 25 years old or something. So before it started disintegrating in his mouth, he had run and he threw it all up because it was so disgusting to him. So it kind of brought that to my head whenever I tried the bubble gum. He told me that story. And I thought it was hilarious. And Zach would think that was funny too. My nephew, Zach. Um, yes, you never want to eat the 30-year-old bubble gum. I tried it the last time that I opened a wax pack and it was awful and it does disintegrate in your mouth. Not to mention, Curtis said it was 1985 packs that they were ripping. And I'm thinking, um, you know, this has been a while. Zach's, you know, older now. But 1985 tops, if you'd have just kept those unopened and sealed, he could have made a lot of money on those. <laughs> what can I say about 1988 tops other than, hey, tops, overproduce much? This was at the, the height of the overproduction junk wax era. A little description of 1988 tops. Um, it's a 792 card set. Um, I would call it awful. I didn't like 1988 top set. Didn't mean I didn't buy them at that time because I was so into um, collecting sets um, and trying to get all the cards and especially all the rookies. But it was one of my least favorite sets. I even look back at it now and I just don't like it. Some people do. Um, there were some key rookies, not many. The one that would be the main rookie would be Tom Glavin's rookie was that year. Um, awesome pitcher. Um, also Ellis Burks's rookie, Ken Caminetti's rookie, and Matt Williams' rookie. As I said, this was the dawn of the junk wax era. Um, it did also have the record breakers in numbers one to seven of the set. Had all stars of the previous year, 386 to 407. It had the turn back the clocks. Um, we talked about those a little bit with the 1987 tops. Those were in the 600s. Um, and the team leaders uh, scattered throughout the set. And the manager cards are uh, also double as the team checklists. The distribution of the set was in the wax boxes. Um, as normally at that point, there were 30, 36 packs per box, 15 cards plus one stick of gun per pack, 20 boxes per case. In the cellos, there were 24 packs per box, 28 cards plus one stick of gum um, per pack. The rack packs had 24 boxes per or packs per box, 43 cards per pack, and three boxes per case. And then they had the jumbo packs. Um, those would be 18 packs per box, 91 cards in each pack, uh, plus one stick of gum per pack. Um, and then there were also the vending boxes that just had 500 cards in them. Um, they had factory sets. And also they had, again, just like they'd had before, uh, the Tiffany factory sets. They said there are approximately 25,000, but maybe up to 29,000 of those pr produced. They looked exactly like the uh, 88 Tops card, but they were made with a better um, card stock and a glossy finish, than it, and they're a lot more expensive to own. Again, this year, if you had a whole box of these cards, um, there were box bottom cards on the bottom of each wax box, and there were four different panels for a total of 16 cards, so you could get four different sets of four cards on the bottom of the boxes. This year, uh, they also had the Gold Cup rookies again, which they had started back up in 1987. 
um, from previously not having them in there since 1978. And uh, there was a Mark McGuire um, Gold Cup rookie, but he had already had a rookie card in the top set. So the design of this card, um, it's really simple. There's a large player photo. It takes up most of the card. Um, has a thin colored frame, and then it, that gives way to a white border. Uh, the player's name is in a block letters and a diagonal strip at the bottom right hand of the card. Uh, the team name stands out at the top of the card, um, and it hovers behind the player's image. Um, the card backs, this was a little different, um, they're orange and have the complete player stats. Uh, unlike Donruss, which usually only had the, the last five years and then their totals, um, the tops um, cards had their complete stats from every year they had played. And usually in their minor leagues too, at least most of them did, I believe. Um, and a lot of the cards, most of them will have um, a caption on the back called This Way to the Clubhouse. And I'll probably read one or two of those when we bust the pack. Um, that explains how the player came to join the, the uh, team that they're in, that, that they're in the picture of. And uh, there was also a, also a glossy all-star set checklists. Um, one of those uh, glossy cards that was an all-star was inserted um, into each rack pack. Um, then there was a glossy mail-in set. Um, there were 60 cards that you could get through mail-in offer. Um, and there was also another glossy rookie set checklist. There were 22 cards in that. And there were one of those inserted uh, per every 100 card cello pack. And then after that set, there's also a 1988 Tops Traded set, which usually comes every year. Um, it comes out after the regular 792 card set. Um, and it usually has t uh, players that were traded from one team to another. Um, it has some of the rookies that maybe weren't in the regular set. Um, and sometimes that is is counted as their rookie card. And they might have a rookie in the next year's card, like maybe um, Roberto Alomar's in the, the 88 tops traded set. And he's a, a good rookie in there. But then he would also have a card in the next year's base set that they might call a rookie too. Um, it just depends on which way you want to look at it. But those cards were uh, designed pretty much the same as the 88 Tops base set. Uh, they just had on the back of them, it would say, uh, let's say the card was number 131, and there'd be a T next to it, which meant traded because it was in the Tops traded set from that year. Oh, and I had a little story really quickly before we bust the pack of 1988 Tops. Um, I was flying uh, back to Ohio for a wedding this past weekend, and... Uh, I was on the airplane and I happened to sit down next to a guy. I'm originally from Ohio. Like if you've listened to my other episodes, I'm originally from Ohio and, uh, I have lived for the past, you know, I don't know, 25 years or so. I'd have to exactly, um, figure it out. But for a long while of my life, over half of my life in uh, Fort recovery, Ohio, in that area, um, it's a little town on the West side of Ohio, really close to Indiana, between Lima and Dayton. And, uh, I got on the airplane and, and I, you know, you just, it's like, you want to have two seats to yourself, but you never can get that lucky. Um, so I sat next to this guy and he's, I had an Ohio state hat on cause a huge Ohio state Buckeye fan being from Ohio. And, uh, don't take that out on, out on me, sec fans that since I live in Searcy, Arkansas now, um, but, um, 
I sat next to him and he's like, he goes, Hey, no problem. You can sit right here. At least you're a Buckeyes fan. I'm like, really? Where are you from? He goes, I'm from Lima, Ohio. And I'm like, really? You got to be kidding me. Um, so in Lima's pretty close to where I, I had used to live. So, um, we got talking and he said, and just a cool story. He, he, we were talking about sports and we we're talking about cards and stuff. And he was talking about, um, Chris Carter playing against him in high school. He played for Lima senior and Chris Carter went to Middletown as, which is, um, down close to Cincinnati. And, uh, he heard Chris Carter on Mike and Mike in the morning, um, one time, I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, and he was talking about, um, Chris Carter was asked the question, what was the toughest game or venue that you ever had to play in? And he said, Lima Senior High School, where this guy, I think his name was Dave. So Dave, if you're listening, this is Aaron, the guy that you met on the plane, um, where Dave went to high school. And Dave played in this game against Chris Carter and um, this guy was telling me about the game, and it's exactly the game Chris Carter was talking about. Um, so this guy, Dave, set a pick for, I think the guy's name was Andre Reed, to hit a shot and put him up by one or two. And then Chris Carter got the inbounds pass because, yes, everyone knows him as a football Hall of Famer, but he was an unbelievable basketball player, and he was recruited to play basketball too. Um, but he played football at Ohio State. And uh, so he got the ball inbounds. So – he put his hand up this day, put his hand up and Chris Carter threw it up from the other free throw line. And he said, my hand was right there close to him and he shot it. And I looked back and thought it was going in for sure. He goes, Chris Carter was just that good. And, uh, he said it bounced on the front of the rim, the back of the rim, the side of the rim and off and they won. So Middletown, uh, had beat them at their place. And then this was at Lima senior and Lima senior beat them at their, at beat Middletown at Lima senior in Lima, Ohio. And, and that was always a, a big rivalry at that time. So now to the part of the episode that I love the most is opening the wax pack. So here's the 1988 Topps wax pack. And I know it's a very overproduced um, set and there are a ton of these out there, but doesn't matter to me. I love opening wax packs. So here we go. We're going to open it up. Here it goes. Um, remember, if you can go to YouTube and watch this being ripped. And this should have a piece of gum in it. So let's see what it looks like. So here's our piece of gum. I'm not going to try it this time because it was awful last time. Here's the wrapper. We got a, the red wrapper um, with a green 1988 and the yellow um, piece up there at the top. And again, it says win a, a trip to, to 1989 spring training. Top spring fever baseball. A no purchase necessary, and I put my name into that, and I never got it. I always wondered, did you really win that, or is that just to get you to buy the cards? Put that down. All right. And as we turn this over, here is an awesome wax stain. Look at that. It looks like the gum. It's amazing how perfectly indented that is. <laughs> and the card is a Mets leader's card. And at that point, a big one was Daryl Strawberry with 108 runs. And uh, he had he led him in home runs with 39, runs batted in with 104. He had 36 stolen bases, and man, did he, was he great at that time. And Dwight Gooden led in about every category in pitching pretty much there. All right. There's a um, – you could there's where you could send in for the glossy all-stars that I was talking about. 
There's another Padres leader, or another leaders card, Padres leaders, with Tony Gwynn and Benito Santiago on it. Vicente Palacios. Dwayne Ward. Greg Catteray. Don Baylor. Man, was he great at getting hit by pitches. And he was just a really good player all around. Uh, if I'm looking on the back of the card, again, has the orange back. Just at, at this time, he had 331 home runs, and I, I think he kept playing for a little bit longer. Don Baylor. Jay Tibbs. Freddie Lynn. He was a really good player, too. He had a long, great career. Wally Joyner. Man, at that time, he was a really good player. He had some good years as well. He was one of the young guys coming up at that point. Ed Hearn. Looking for the Tom Glavin rookie. Looking for the Tom Glavin or maybe Ken Caminetti rookie. Dale Swam or Swam. Here's a good card. The Cubs. Ryan Sandberg. Hall of Famer. Unbelievable second baseman, great hitter, just all-around great player. There's what the back of the card looks like so everybody can see it. He had some great numbers. Tim Tufel or Tuffle. Jamie Quirk. And last but not least, Mike Stanley. So we didn't get the Glavin rookie, but it was a blast opening the pack. And remember, if you want any cards from the pack, or um, you'll also get a an unopened sealed wax pack also, um, you can just comment at our Twitter handle, which is at Ripping Wax Packs. You can email at rippingwaxpacks at gmail.com, or you can leave uh, comments on the YouTube um, pack busting video. If you just go to AV's uh, Ripping Wax Packs, it should come up on there for you. And, and I appreciate you listening. Um, if anybody wants to, uh, again, help out with veterans and their charities, you could advertise here. Um, we'll do a little housekeeping with that, um, with those proceeds here and also uh, give back a, a significant portion to veterans charities. So I appreciate you listening. Um, this has been Aaron Vaughn from Searcy, Arkansas with AV's Ripping Wax Packs. This was episode number four. And uh, uh, keep tuning in. Every Thursday, the uh, new episodes will drop. And I appreciate you tuning in. Have a good one.